Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back to That Chelsea Podcast, episode nine, the one where we secure top four. I'm joined by Jack Davies, as always. How are we doing, fella? Yeah, good, mate. We're in the Champions League, so who yeah. can't be happy with that? <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. On the pod, we're going to quickly look back at that Liverpool display, give praise to a certain Mr Christian Pulisic, while also debate, is it the end of Kepa Arifa Balaga? at Chelsea. We'll then move on to the brilliant win against Wolves that secured us Champions League football for next season and give credit again to the likes of Mason Mount, Olivier Giroud, Frank Lampard, the whole team and we'll just briefly talk about how much of an achievement it is to be in the Champions League next season given all the hurdles and obstacles Chelsea have had to get through this season. Right, Jack, there's only, I guess, one place to start, and that was last Wednesday. We went to Liverpool. We knew beforehand that a point would be enough, thanks to Manchester United dropping points against West Ham. Mm -hmm. We started off quite well, and I guess it's the the, the sort of been the story of the season. We start off quite well, we make a mistake, we get punished. Yeah, and one goal goes in, and then the floodgates open. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was literally what I thought. Um, Williams dispossess, Cater fires a shot in, beats Kepa, 1-0 Liverpool, and you're just going, oh God, because we'd actually started quite well, Mason had missed a decent chance, mm-hmm. and then obviously it goes 2-0, was never a free kick, and we'll talk about sort of, I guess, the justice of what went on today, given <laughs> what happened at Anfield midweek, but obviously there's not a, not a foul, uh, it gets given though, Alexander-Arnold curls it in. I, at the time I was questionable of Kepa's keeping. I don't know if I'm being harsh, but he didn't even die for it. Yeah. I think the wall was 
uh, not set up properly either, which ultimately is his responsibility as well. Just the way uh, Alexander Arnold could bend it around the wall. It's a quality free kick. I'm not gonna lie. If I was, if I scored that playing playing for my team, I'd be pretty I'd be pretty happy with it. But yeah, it's one of those as a fan you think at least make an effort, try and look like you're trying to save it at least. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Then it becomes three nil. We can see the goal from a corner. There's a shock. Okay. <laughs> it, it's com- It's it's just comical defending. If if it hadn't been put in the back of an air, it would have been a penalty then for a handball mm-hmm. from Aspi. It goes 3-0. And then Giroud gets one back before half-time. We go, oh, oh, you never know. Good yeah. finish from him. Yeah, quality finish. Keeping up the form, as usual. I think that was fifth goal in his fifth start or something like that. Yeah, he's been that in one. ridiculous form since recently. Um, yeah, it gave us a bit of hope, at, at least. Uh, for a few few fans would probably want to be turning that off at half-time at 3-0 down. So... Kept the viewers up, I guess. Um, and then had to be Firmino to score. Honestly, I've been rinsing him all season for not scoring at Anfield. I just don't think he does enough, even though he's quality. Uh, in a team like that, I don't think he scores enough goals. Shocky turns up and scores a goal against us. Um, and then I thought, of when uh, Frank made those changes, um, I thought, oh, you could just see a complete change in the way we're playing when those when those boys came on, Tammy Pulisic and then Hudson Odoi, um, and I thought, of course, we could have a game on here. That when Tammy stuck that one in the net, then another one from Pulisic, and I honestly thought we were going to get a result. We were pushing up, pushing, and then um, good counter attack from Liverpool. But I don't know what Jorginho's doing. Robertson probably was running there, saw him and thought, cool, here we go. <laughs> Just knock it past him, run straight round, easy. Um, and I just thought, just there, he just has to take him out. Um, but, yeah, good game for the uh, neutrals, I guess. Um, disappointing when that one went in, when Chambo scored that one, that was it. Um, yeah. We just went completely flat. But I think the fight and desire we showed to get back from 4-1, bring it back to 4-3 and look like we were going to go and score again. That was definitely something to be proud of watching on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. I got, I said, when it became 4-2 and then quickly 4-3 after, my my mind immediately went back to the Ajax game earlier in the season when we came back from 4-1 down. And we, you know, obviously there were like question marks about why didn't Frank stop Pulisic against Liverpool. If he came out after them and said it would have been a risk to start him and the, as we'll get on to shortly in the end it didn't matter because obviously of the result against Wolves but he said yeah Tammy came on and scored his 15th Premier League goal of the season uh, youngest ever Chelsea player to hit 15 goals so credit to him you know we we have been fairly critical of Tammy on the pod so far but he came on and he looked lively and he put himself about and again we saw that link up with Hudson-Odoi for, Hud- for Callum to put the ball in for Pulisic and he takes his goal really well it was a game of what could have been perhaps what should have been uh as a result we went into Wolves game still needing a point Leicester were playing Man United and to be fair I was pretty you know I was pretty calm team news comes out uh, at 3 p.m see Caballero's in goal again that's a 
Yes, as Jack, if you can't see this, but Jack's just his uh, hands up to the screen. There. He's very happy. We're actually just touching it quickly. Uh, the end of Kepa Arifa Balaga at Chelsea Football Club? Yeah, it's got to be. Got to be the end. I mean, the amount of mistakes we've made as a whole defence, to be fair, this season, but the amount of mistakes he's made is, is for costing 72 million is beyond a disgrace, to be honest. I think I saw, I saw a stat saying he has conceded 8% of our goals in the Premier League ever. Yeah, yeah, I saw 8%. that. 8%. Yeah, I know. It, it's scary. <laughs> but, I mean, and look, I think, you know, with Kepa, the price isn't necessarily fair to Fred him because it was a buyout yeah. clause and it's what Athletic Bilbao ultimately valued him at. But look, you've said it and I think I've said never been convinced by, by Kepa. Um, you know, he's had a few moments. I guess if, you know, we're looking back now, look, what for game earlier in the season makes a big save from Ben Foster in the last minute to preserve the three points. But unfortunately, moments like that have been... Uh, Just blurred by other moments, like against Newcastle, 95th yeah. minute. Yeah, exactly. Look. How's he not saved that? It's things like that. Yeah, exactly. If it's, look, ultimately, if we'd had a better keeper this year, we would have had top four secured. A, long time a lot ago. earlier, even with even with our you know questionable defence, mm-hmm. the Definitely. fact is that a top keeper and we wouldn't be in the situation that we were going into the final day. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what is the future for Kepa. Obviously, you know there's been links with Andre Onana of Ajax. Uh, this you know just from what I you know from interacting with Ajax fans on Twitter, they rave about him and say he's one of the best goalkeepers they've ever had. So I guess that's fairly high praise and he was part of that Ajax team to reach the semi-final stage last season. So yeah, as we said, Caballero starts in goal against Wolves. It was the same team with the exception of Pulisic in for Willian. Willian had a knock, uh, denied a Stamford Bridge farewell by the looks of things. But obviously, we, you know, we discussed on the previous pod that we wanted three at the back, especially for the Wolves game. I just a quick word for Frank because you know after what went on against Liverpool, he could easily have you know panicked and changed to a four at the back. He has sort of done that at points earlier in the season. Just a quick word on Frank, you know, sticking to his guns and believing that the three-four-three was the way to go against Wolves. Yeah, definitely. I think that was the best best option to match match exactly match up against them. And yeah, like you said, it's good for him to good for him to go and back the team in that formation even after a loss because I find with all the chopping and changing it disrupts the rhythm sort of thing a bit yeah yeah it was a fairly cagey start at Stamford Bridge neither side really threatened too much Caballero had to pull across from just under his crossbar away from danger and I think Chelsea might have you know headed over early on but we sort of struggled for you know, creativity, and we sort of struggled sort of breaking them down. Then I guess a moment of luck, a moment of justice, perhaps, given the fact that Liverpool boarded a free kick against us. It wasn't a free kick. Marcus Alonso goes down outside the box. It was soft. Mm-hmm. Up steps Mason Mount. There's been a video going around on Twitter today of a young Mason talking about how he takes his free kicks. What a time Hit on the to Hit on the bow. <laughs> What a time to score your first Chelsea free kick right on the stroke of half-time. It sets us 1-0 up. And bear in mind, he struggled midweek against Liverpool. Mm. He turned up today. He was played again, you know, sort of perhaps out of position. You know, he's not really suited 
to be out on the wing, but he turns up, he gets us that goal just before half time, and you just breathe a huge sigh of relief, knowing that we're one nil up, Wolves are going to have to come at us. And then a couple of moments later, the game is killed off, or as close to being killed off as it is when Chelsea are playing. Brilliant through ball from Mason Mount to Olivier Giroud, who rounds Rui Patricio and then fends off Conor Cody, I believe, to slot home to make it 2-0. Chelsea going to half-time 2-0 up. How much was that a boost just to be in that position where we go, right, we're 45 minutes away and, we need, and if we don't concede three goals, we're in the Champions League? Because <laughs> that was my first thought. Yeah, exactly. But I thought we, they didn't seem like scoring. Jimenez was having a bit of an off game, kept giving the ball away. So it was one of those where you felt pretty confident going into that second half that we weren't going to concede three goals. And yeah, just massive, massive boost going into that second half. Um, Mason, what a free kick. What a free kick. Quality. Um and he's he's had a top season, to be fair to him. The golden boy, we like to say, I guess. Um, yeah, he ends with seven goals and five assists. Solid. Seven goals, five assists. Five assists. Um, first Chelsea Academy graduate to make their debut and then go on to make 50 appearances in the same season. Um, that was a lot of games. A lot of games to play in your first season. Um, and to get those games under your belt. I know he's been at Vitesse, been at Derby. So he's He's probably close to having 150 appearances under his belt and he's 21. Um, and the versatility he's shown this season, that's what I think is going to be massive for him going into next season. People are saying, oh, he won't play because of Ziyech coming in, Havertz possibly coming in. But the fact that he's been able to play all these different positions in the number eight, in the 10 role, on the left wing and the right wing, I think it just shows that he's definitely someone we can rely on for next season and he'll be a big, big figure in that team. Yeah, no, exactly. But look, we said, I think on an earlier podcast, we, Mason Mount's probably the, like, the one academy player that we think will really make it at Chelsea. He's just, his mentality is just brilliant. I think, you know, that hard work, desire, he's, you know, he knows he's worked so hard you know, to get to play for Chelsea. You know, I you know, remember reading, you know, there's talk of, you know, leaving Chelsea to go somewhere else because of, you know, that seemingly non-existent path through to the first team. But Mason said, no, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to bridge that gap. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Credit to him. He's had a phenomenal first season for us. Sure, there's been inconsistency. We knew that was going to happen. We knew that was going to happen with this Chelsea team in general. But he set the tone. And again, I say it with Mason, it's the energy he brings to this team where... We just look yeah. such a better team with him in it. Massively, we've said it. We've said it so many times before. The the work rate and the effort that he that he does when he when he's pressing is just something you love to see as a fan. Someone chasing seemingly dead dead balls, dead situations, and still going for it and putting a hundred percent in every game. Even yeah. even if he's not scoring or assisting, he's always bringing something to the team. Yeah, exactly. And then I guess a quick word for Olivier Giroud. He's you know you don't he's had a phenomenal second half of the season. Without him, we don't get top four in my opinion. Definitely. Look, again, a huge credit to Frank for you know giving him a chance. 
and you know, going thinking, yeah, I I have probably underused him this season. He gave him the game. Giroud's been on fire since January. So many top top class performances. Um, and also a big big thank you to Marina because if you're a poor service week, but Marina's uh, very close to uh, Oli, G, Oli Giroud's Boy. wife until convinced him to stay. So. <laughs> big, up, big up Marina doing, doing a fantastic job as usual Again, yeah, yeah exactly so the, the second half sort of continued it was fairly comfortable Watford had one not Watford Wolves had one shot on target easily dealt with by Caballero uh, again look the midfield was sort of I thought Kovacic was brilliant I thought he really helped Alonso deal with Adama Traoré and he came yeah. on and it, yeah. like Kovacic you know we seem to praise him quite a lot on this podcast um but he you know again just breaking the lines is his work rate as well was just phenomenal because i remember there's a moment i think in the first half as for the sort of gets pushed out of the way the wolves attack is going down the wing cover catches up and dispossesses him just a quick word i guess on that midfield too kovacic and Jorginho were solid again after you know a roping yeah. midweek yeah it's pretty much similar to the united game boss the midfield um Good to see after midweek because we they did both struggle in midweek. Um, yeah, take that take that into the cup final next weekend. Perform like those two performances, and then hopefully we'll have a good chance of winning. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. The second half we saw Callum come on. Uh, we saw Ross come on. We saw Ruben come on. Uh, Tammy came on as well, and we saw what is likely a farewell, well, what is a farewell appearance for Pedro Rodriguez. Um, obviously, you know, not the season he'd have liked this year, been a bit unlucky, was in the team at the start, then had injuries, and it sort of just struggled to, yeah. to really make an impact. But, Jack, I guess just a quick word on the career of Pedro Rodriguez at Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, he's top servant, top servant over the Four, four, four years. Is it four years? I reckon four years. Yeah, twenty sixteen. summer of twenty. Joined summer of twenty fifteen. So, yeah, five yeah. years. Um, yeah, he, especially in that season under Conte, he was phenomenal. Uh, probably his impact was probably underplayed by the part that Kante had and Hazard and Costa that season. But he scored some big goals, I remember, against Spurs at home, against Everton away on his weak foot. Yeah. Pretty much that pretty much sealed sealed the title for us. Um and he's another one who sometimes will get a bit of stick from the fans, but he he works so hard. One of the best players I've seen, um, as in can play with both feet. Uh his weak foot is Unbelievable! I think I think uh, and his finishing as well. I remember when when I used to ball boy in the warm ups, he would honestly stick it in the back of the net every single time, and you're just looking at it like, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> wow, Pedro Rodriguez. What a what a um, player he has been for us. Look, so many memorable moments. You know, a difficult first season, but a fantastic second season, helping us win the league under Conte. And as I said. As you rightly point out, his his contribution certainly went unnoticed given the performances of other players. But honestly, some top top moments. And again, last season scored in the Europa League final. Had a very good season under Sari as well. Yeah. So 
Pedro Rodriguez, thank you very much. And hopefully you can go out with yeah. the FA Cup next week. Exactly. And he's got a, got a good move as well to Roma at, yeah. at his age. I think that's a quality move for him. Yeah, exactly. We'll you know, probably touch, touch on this on a later pod. Willian missed out. So at the moment, that's his, you know, he didn't really get that Stamford Bridge farewell that he'd like. Hopefully he'll be available against Arsenal next week and we'll sort of touch on Willian in a later pod. But as I say, the full-time whistle went, relief, job done. We secured top four. Nobody predicted us getting top four, really. I think the BBC, only three of their pundits predicted top four. Two of them were ex-Chelsea, Rude Hullet and Mark Schwarzer. What legends. <laughs> but, you know, Chelsea have, you know, defied a lot of people. You know, people were sort of saying you'll be a mid, maybe mid-table fighting for Europa League. Mm-hmm. Just a quick word on the job of the players this year. You know, the academy boys stepping up, everyone else sort of stepping up. And it, just a, a quick, uh, I guess, summary on the job that Frank's done in his first season at Chelsea. Yeah, class job to, to have secured that. Um, it's a massive feat, massive feat going into next season. Um, like you say, with the academy boys all stepping up, a lot of them playing pretty much week in, week out, and we haven't seen even one academy boy come up and have a sustained run in the team for years. And for this season to have multiple boys in the team, likes of Mason, Tammy, Fikayo, hudson Adoy, and that's just been, and Reese James, of course, that's just been class to see for us fans as well. Because I think we've always missed that, seeing other teams bring through the youth and us just not trusting them. And that's yeah. been that's been one of the best things about Frank, trusting the youth. Yeah, at times we've got frustrated this season. But on the whole, um they've they've been they've been absolutely class, as has as has the manager. Um completely trusting him. Um and you just need to back him and hopefully next season we can close the gap on the other two. I don't think we'll quite be challenging. Depends on a few more signings, but I don't think we'll be challenging next season. But if we can close that gap and try and have a bit more success in Europe, then that'll be class. Yeah, no, exactly. Look, a quick word on the academy board mentioned it. Tammy Abraham finishes the Premier League campaign with 15 goals. He's on 17 in all competitions. Mason Mount ended up with seven goals in the Premier League. Reese James had some very memorable moments in his first season at Chelsea and you know he seems to you know his performances again seem to slightly picking up again just as we come to the end of the season Tomori you know he started off the season well had some injury problems and has unfortunately been out of favour you know maybe alone for him next season we'll see but still that's been an encouraging sign mm-hmm. Callum perhaps again you know a frustrating season for him not the season he'd have really wanted but he still had some opportunities still you know I still think we've still seen quite a few, you know, exciting glimpses from him and hopefully he'll carry that on next season. So yeah, a very good end to the season. Chelsea finished fourth on a goal difference thanks to Manchester United's win at Leicester City. It means Chelsea will be fourth seeds in the Champions League next season. Not that we really care about that at all though. Um, and a quick, I guess a quick moment, Bournemouth relegated. Happy days. <laughs> they can't be taking points of us next season. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I was just happy for Villa to stay up, to be fair. I think Villa's a massive club. So, for the last 10 minutes, I had the Villa game up on my laptop, as well as the Chelsea game on the TV. And was just uh, hoping they'd hold on. Yeah, and I'm glad Watford went down as well, after yeah. what they did to uh, Pearson this week. Yeah. They deserve to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be exciting, exciting times in the Premier League next season with... Leeds United returning. Be interesting to see what happens when Leeds come to Stamford Bridge with Bielsa and Lampard going head to head again. And hopefully Brentford can come up via the playoffs or Fulham. Just, you know, one of those two, if they can come up, would be nice. Um, but yeah, as I say, today was a brilliant day. It concluded a fantastic end to a, a really memorable league campaign. And I've I've sort of said this, if anyone sort of followed up, follows us on, on Twitter or whatever, I've said that this season, for me, has got to be up there, one of the most enjoyable seasons I've had supporting Chelsea, seeing, you know, your childhood hero manage your team, seeing the emergence of all these youngsters, so many brilliant, brilliant moments, you know, surpassing expectation in the league. We're now in an FA Cup final. Fingers crossed we can get over the line, but it has truly been a very special season so far and hopefully we end it on a positive note uh just before we go uh i'll plug the podcast socials on instagram we are at that chelsea podcast on twitter we are at that chelsea pod if you like the podcast please share with people so we can reach as many people as possible we will be back we will be back soon uh Hopefully we will find the time to do an Arsenal FA Cup final preview before the next episode. After that, we'll be uh, reviewing the Arsenal FA Cup game and the season as a whole. Uh, Jack, it's been a pleasure. As always, we did the job. We secured top four. We're not here in the Europa League anthem next season. It's happy yeah. days. Thank you. And um, hopefully this is just the start. Yeah, exactly. Just Frank touched on it at the end, you know, not celebrating hugely like Jose was at getting Spurs into the Europa League. It is a measured approach. He knows this is just for beginning. He knows the standards at Chelsea aren't just top four. It's about silverware, but he surpassed our expectations. He's done a brilliant, brilliant job. So to Frank James Lampard, this podcast is dedicated to you, my son, my Cheers son, my dad, my friend. <laughs> 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 Keep the blue flag flying high, everybody. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.